Hello and welcome to the podcast series, The Parenting Journey for Learning from Children. This series is designed to create a space of sharing stories from an open and vulnerable place to support others and to create a community willing to care. I'm Bettina Tornatora. I'm the creator of Learning from Children and I'm the facilitator on the podcast today. And today I'm really excited to be talking to our first dad on our podcast. So um, I'm talking to David Anthony. He's the son. Uh, he's the son. He's the father of uh, two amazing boys who are 15 and 16. And uh, when he's not being a dad, or while he is being a dad, depending on how you look at it, he uh, he's also um, busy running work sites for a building company as the the foreman and uh you know having he's had done some work in our our businesses and he certainly does great work there so welcome anthony hello thank you awesome it's great to have you here so anthony tell us about how you became a parent what your journey's been like well i uh was out one night and uh met a lovely lady, um, my wife Emma now, um, and the night we met, met, she said she had two children and I was sort of um, blasé early on and then we got, we kept seeing each other and got closer and I started, I started seeing the kids at a very young age, I think Ben was six months and Jack was about one year old, mm. um, and yeah, had just started from there. So had a good relationship with them, played with them when they were younger, and yeah, it was really, really good journey. Um, we had yeah, so I spent a lot of time with the kids and Emma, and then eventually we got married, mm. and uh, continued to grow with the kids. My parents took the kids on, my whole family, which was amazing. Mm. Um, and then sort of, uh, oh, I think it was about four four years ago, we uh, four or five years ago, uh, I actually changed their name into Romano because mm. um, the adoption process was quite lengthy and expensive. So this was a way to sort of, have them tied to me. Um, uh, early on was really, really good. Mm. We um, treated them so well and uh, gave them all my love. And then I hit a patch where, um, I don't know, there was something, I loved them, but it wasn't a full 100% into it mm. there was something missing and um i couldn't put my head on it uh couldn't nail it mm. and then i as you know i went and done a workshop at real real education mm-hmm. real man one and yeah figured out that I was more concerned about the, it was the DNA side of things. Yeah. So it was that they had more blood. And it was, uh, when I look back on it, it was so, that was so minute prob, um, 
stupid but minute situation where they they didn't have my same uh, love of football and sport and stuff like that. They were, and that, that, that I appreciate what they do. And it wasn't until I sat in that room and realised that uh, how there was that ten percent of DNA, which is um, quite silly in the fact that some of the stories I heard on that weekend were from parents that were actual um, biological mm. and I treated my two boys better than what the biological parents treated their kids so it was it was a wake up calling for me mm. um, and when when I got home from that weekend I sort of Emma asked me, what do you think changed your perception or changed that, what concern, what was the biggest concern about the DNA? And I think it was, it really hit when my my nieces and nephews were born and they had that, everybody was at the hospital, you know, it was all that mm. congratulations. I think I missed that, that, that connection there. Yeah. And that's that's probably what changed my mindset at the time, and and sort of um, changed the way I I felt about the kids. But I had that, still loved them, but it wasn't that hundred percent, yeah, full commitment towards them. Yeah, it, and it, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? To to you know, most people meet their kids when they're being carried in the mother's belly you know most dads that's where they meet them they meet them physically they watch them grow and to you know I I imagine it must have been quite interesting to suddenly get there and you know they're already they're one and six months old already and not having you like you said there's a it's almost like there was a step missing there and especially growing up in a Italian uh, family and yeah, I wasn't the normal, wasn't the normal process. Put it that way of a, a family, and and it's funny now. My mum, she, because we've actually only got one, she's only got one granddaughter out of nine, out of the whole family. Wow. And she said, she said to me, she said, and you, and you got to choose your grandkids, and you still chose boys. You know? <laughs> so, oh, bless her. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it was, um, yeah, and that, they're fantastic kids, you know. And as any parent knows, you go through your stages where they, you want to tear your hair out. Mm. But um, no, I'm I'm quite lucky to have two boys that I've got. You know, they're amazing mm. in the, and they're they're each unique to themselves. Mm. So they've mm. got their different interests, but end of the day, they. They're amazing boys, and I love them dearly. Mm. And um, you know, you mentioned your your family there, and and you know, you you said to me just before we started, you know, that your the your family really did welcome them with open arms, um, and that would have been a big step for them, as you said. It isn't the way that perhaps everybody expects their kids to have children. Um, tell me about that process when you were telling them about, you know, that you you had a ready made family. Yeah, well, it was um, a very trying time because they 
they didn't agree with it mm. at first. Um, said I could do better and I didn't need to to rush into things. But um, my parents actually sat down sat down with Emma. Actually, it was like a, an interview, really. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but the one thing. Emma, Emma was honest and and she spoke from the heart. And Emma tells me now that from that day, like mum asked all the questions, dad was very quiet, but she still says to this day that after that meeting, dad said, we'll see you soon. Mm. And he knew what she stood for, the values of family. And, yeah, they... That from sort of that day on, once they knew, once they could realise that I was happy, yeah, that's all that mattered to them, and yeah, they they accepted those kids with open arms, and they accepted Emma. And it's funny because uh, I, I read a my father wrote a book, or he wrote a, a story of his life. He, he passed away recently. Mm. And I was reading the book and we are trying to work out how, why dad was so accepting of the boys. And, and it, was, it was, I found out at a very young age that his mum and dad had taken on um, three of their cousins mm. that, that were on some hard times. So it actually stemmed from, it was sort of conditioning for dad mm. to have it in, in, in that nature of accepting wow so yeah it was interesting yeah it's it's interesting how you learn all these things later in life mm. what a yeah, what was, a beautiful that, example yeah well and they were and I'm, I'm blessed to have the parents that i've got you know they've taught taught me so much with mm. what with the tools that they knew how to to bring up kids yeah and and now we're, me and Emma have adapted new tools to, mm. to bring up our kids in the best way we know how and lead them and encourage them on their journey mm. in, to make their own life. I think that's amazing, um, you know, to hear. And I think there's some really powerful learning for people listening in that, you know, your parents had their, their heartfelt concerns because they were concerned about you and looking out for you. But the way they handled that, to, to have that awareness, to, you know, to sit someone down and, and like you said, do, do an interview. Let's check this person out. But what do I really hear in that? That they were actually giving her an opportunity to show them uh, herself. And, you know, it sounds like she did a really great job of that. But I think there's really big wisdom in that when we have, you know, adult children or we have older children and they do, they, they're going to bring people into our lives. You know, let's sit down and communicate about that. I think there's some, that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, what a beautiful example of how to handle it rather than hiding it or, you know, just bringing someone in um, but not really accepting them. And we see a lot of that in families where people know that they're not really accepted. So that's yeah. um, that's beautiful. And it was, it was a, it took, took a lot of time to fully accept, but mm. that, you know, as, as time goes on and 
and that as you're aware, uh, Emma can grow on you quite quickly. So she's <laughs> yep. an amazing woman. So, she certainly uh, is. <laughs> um, and yeah, the family, the family love, love her, and I love her, and yeah, it's it's just a we're in an awesome place, and I'm quite blessed to have the family I've got. Mm. You know, my my family and my brothers and mum and mum and and dad when he was alive. So yeah. And isn't it? I think it's beautiful. You know that you found out about your dad and and his that in that history of his of bringing people on who were on hard times and being accepting and giving and loving to someone who really needed it. And um, the fact that that's come through you, even though you didn't know about it, I think is just beautiful. Um, what a great example of how our, we, we often talk about in our workshops, how we role model without even knowing we're doing it. And sometimes yeah. that can be a beautiful thing. So that's, a, that's just an awesome thing to now know about your dad. So Yeah. It is. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Now, tell me about that time, the process of going through, um, you know, the adoption process and and changing the the boys' names over to your name. How old were they when that happened? Jeez, I got I got to try and think. Um, okay, uh, they were still in primary school, so what are they? Just sixteen. So it'd be under twelve. So. Something like that. Yeah, it was sort of around that ten, twelve mark. Yep. And yeah, yeah. So we we had to go to the family courts, and um, it was it was probably more a trying time for Emma mm. in that she had to get sort of we had to get lawyers involved to send letters to John to sign over the uh, her ex husband for passports and stuff like that like he had to give written consent yeah which wasn't he had to be summoned sort of thing to mm. at the attend court but he was over in england which was in a way it was probably a lot easier for me with the kids mm. in close and, and actually wanted nothing to do with the, the boys which to this day i still don't know how you can have kids and not not be there in some form of way for mm, Yeah. Um, and not that we've ever said to the boys, we've always given them, we've always said to them that you're free to go to England and meet your father and, you know, we'll, we'll never stop that. Yep. And at this at this stage they've got no, no actual interest in it. Mm. Um, they're actually more interested in going to see all my cousins and family in Italy and France and so yeah, it's, it's quite amazing um, but getting back to the this sort of the court was a it was a good feeling for me because I, I knew I wanted them to have my name like that was another part of sort of um, them truly being my kids yeah having that Romano name um, was 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 probably important to me um, for the fact that I needed them to be. They were my kids, but yeah. I know it sounds petty, but at least they've got my name as well. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, so we went through the court, and it was a it was probably three. I think it was three court visits, mm. and through it all, uh, my parents, my mum and dad were there in the courtroom with us. You know, they supported us there, and, which was really pleasing for me because they they were there for us, and mm. they showed that there was another sign of them accepting Emma and the boys. You know, to be in that courtroom, mm. you know, um, hearing us state our case and. Um, yeah, which which ended up being a quite a. Once we got in front of the judge, it was a quite a quick process, and and the paperwork came through, and yeah, so now they're they're Romanos, mm. which is fantastic. Yeah, and they love it. And I was going to say, how how did they feel about that process? Were they old enough to really ha- have awareness of it? Um, uh, I, I think so. I think they did. Um. But, but they were, um, yeah, I, I think they did. I, I think it actually hit me more of how much it meant to them, especially Jack was probably at my dad's funeral. Yeah. Um, he, we all had the opportunity to say something at the, uh, we had sort of a wake afterwards. Mm. We did it, we all did a, probably an informal eulogy. We all had our story and uh, yeah, Jack Jack said said to me that he was actually uh, he's lost his only grandfather, you know, because he obviously Emma's mum's mm. uh, dad's sort of never been there that that mm. talk. And he goes, I, I lost the uh, my only grandfather and in, and in his speech, he said, I, I wasn't born a Romano, hmm. but I am a Romano with the love that you showed me and the way to to be good to your family. And, yeah, so it was just... It's amazing. And, and the, the emotion that he showed towards that really showed me what, what it meant for him mm-hmm. to actually be called a Romano. And, yeah, it was quite... Quite amazing and quite touching, and mm. yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, it was. It was uh, yeah, amazing. And then to hear my brother actually say, because uh, everybody commented on how well all the kids spoke, and yeah, that and he goes, yeah, just just the way Jack spoke, and he, he was shaking and he was crying, and yeah, it was just amazing. Yeah, it was it was amazing feeling. It, uh, you know, the, I've, I've always thought that we have the family that we're born to and then we have the family that we choose. And, and sometimes we, we talk about that when we're talking about our friends that feel like family. But when I was just thinking when you were talking about it, I mean, you, you actually chose uh, this, the, your family to be part of yours um, in, a, in another sort of way. And um, I think it's important to remember that... Um, and what Jack's really demonstrated there is that he he knows what it feels like to be chosen, and um, mm. for a child to know that um, that's a powerful lesson I think for everyone in parenting to know you know to remember to show in our actions and the way we behave with them that they are our chosen one you know in even yeah. if they're our blood we still choose them and that's yeah. 
that's going to give a child so much more than you know any any thing or any material thing that you can possibly buy um so that's that's quite extraordinary and it sounds like he's actually continuing the lineage you know your the the giving nature that your dad had the acceptance he's passed that on to you and it sounds like you've already passed a fairly good dose of that on to jack yeah yeah i'm yeah that's probably the one thing i'm grateful for my parents because they did they 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 showed me the the uh how to love and 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 not sort of not judge people and and just accept accept them for who they are and yeah you he always said if you, if someone treats you well they're always welcome in, into your house mm. so the minute they treat you well then they're not welcome you know his door was always open for people mm. Mm. and that's it's pretty much the same for our house. Um, yeah, so our doors always open to mm. people that need it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And so these amazing children in your life, and and I know you've been to one of our workshops. So tell me a little bit about what you've learnt from your children. So I, mean, I can hear you've learnt so much from your parents. What have you learnt from your boys? What have they taught you? Um, oh, just. Uh, that uh, they just be themselves, you know. They're not they're not fake. Um, it's they don't they don't care what people think, mm-hmm. and that's probably what uh, they've taught me the most. It's probably mm-hmm. I used to I used to always worry about what people thought, and probably um, had a bit of fear. Oh, I was. Uh, more judgmental, you know, like mm. sort of, oh, geez, I don't want them if I do this, if I do that. And they just do what they want, what's in their heart, and, and more from the heart. They're more from the heart, mm. and that's what I've learned from there. That's probably the biggest lesson. I mean, I used to be a lot in my head, but now I do things from my heart and try and stay true to myself, and that's probably the biggest lesson I've got. Mm. Wow, that's a huge lesson, isn't it? Yeah, from coming from, uh, you know, you, you you learn a lot in school and, and social side, but I've learned it from 15, 16 year olds. Yeah, you know, my boys. Yeah. So, yeah. There's um. You know, one of the things I've I've been saying for a while now is there's there's so much wisdom if we can get past the superficial sometimes with teenagers, particularly. There's so much wisdom there. Um, we just we just have to listen to it and um, and trust that they they actually do know um, some things and um, mm. that we can all learn well, from they, that. They, they come and they know everything. <laughs> yeah. <but>. Oh yes. <laughs> Um, it's it's an interesting process. Um, uh, now uh, our eldest is uh, 21 and it's interesting now we have conversations where he seeks out things uh, from us and you can feel that shift where he's starting to see, you know, we might have something to offer. <laughs> so it does, it does, yeah, it does, it does come back <laughs> eventually. 
But it's, you know, the reality is they know everything about the things they need to know apparently. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, awesome. So if you were looking back now over this whole journey and process, is there anything that you would do differently if you could have your time again? Uh, probably, probably those, uh, it was probably a five-year period where I was probably more, I was work, work, work. So I probably put work, I actually put work first ahead of family and myself. And I probably did that for about five years. Mm. And it was affecting my relationship with the boys. Because early on in our in our relationship, I would be there, cuddle them, kiss them, pick them up, muck around with them, wrestle with them, and then for that, I think from when the, my nephews and nieces were born, and that switch clicked in my brain, that yeah, I was just more more concerned with work than my family and myself and it wasn't until I like I said did the the real education program that I changed my perception of uh, I was either for myself first my family and then work and now I'm um, yeah so I'm actually working less I'm a lot happier coaching the kids in softball. Mm-hmm. Not that I know anything about it, but <laughs> we're uh, having, having fun. Um, and, yeah, we're just... I think I'm more connected to the kids, you know, mm-hmm. and I was big on pushing them. They had to do well at school. And I suppose that was that stemmed from my parents, but after doing the real education, I've changed my whole process. So they're on their journey... If they pass, they pass. If they fail, they fail. There's always jobs out there if you want them, and they'll they'll find their way. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it's probably just that probably five years period where I would like to get back mm-hmm. and yeah, be a bit more connection. But then again, saying that, I had to go through that to learn what I was doing wrong. Yeah, and and. Now, now it's helped me. Well, it's, I wouldn't call it a mistake. It was a learning. Yeah. So uh, I think you make mistakes. I think you got. To, they're all learning. You, you, you just got to move on. No yeah. one's perfect. Yeah. And if anybody tells you they're perfect, it's, it's a lie. Because <laughs> you, you have to make mistakes. You have. To, you, you can only grow from from making mistakes. So yeah. Mm. So, Fantastic. That's um and and you know absolutely and it, look to me it sounds like you're you certainly are making up for that time. Um, you know, I hear people saying they missed all of their children's childhoods because of those same reasons. You know, for prioritising work and things like that. You've certainly you've you had that wake up at in enough time to spend the time that with your children yeah. and. Um, I, I know that yeah. they are certainly grateful for that. Yeah. And that's probably another, like, even the, the, the softball case, I know it's only small, but, you know, my dad was, I mean, he came, he came from Italy 
when he was four years old, and when his he he sort of followed, he helped out with the kids with his kids' football for four sons mm. from my when my eldest was six years old all the way through to me younger brother all the way through to under 17 and that's he he probably didn't even when he first came he didn't like football but was there for he knew our kids we wanted to play football so he was there for him and that's probably where I, my boys I, we tried football and and jack didn't want to do it and so then he got into softball and I wasn't going to be one of those parents that just drop him off to softball. I, I got involved and yeah, I've coached him now for four years, which has been been awesome. So yeah, and and I I give a lot of weight to that, Anthony. Our kids often won't have the same interests as as us, and um, yeah, it's for me showing an interest in what your children do is a way of putting it's like credit in the bank because it it what it says to them is your stuff is important to me even though I wasn't originally interested in it but now I'm interested in it because you're interested in it and you know having two boys some of the stuff that I know about the most random stuff because they're interested in it, it cracks me up um yeah. but you know I can I can talk about UFC and I can talk about uh um the uh, football in the UK, you know, they're not yeah. interests of mine, but they're interests of my sons. So um, yeah. that's why I've engaged in that because I wanted communication and so that you communicate in the topics that they want. And I think there's some real wisdom in that for everyone. Um, you know, stretch yourself a little bit. And you know what? You might just like it. <laughs> you might enjoy it along the way. You meet some good people. Yeah. You get interested in some good topics. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's an amazing place for us to get to today. Anthony, thank you for sharing your story. Um, you are truly an amazing dad and, and I know, you know, I, I'm sure everyone could feel the love and the care that you have for your boys and um, what a great story of accepting and, and bringing people into your world to love them. I think that's an amazing story. So thank you for sharing. My pleasure. Thank you, Bettina, for uh -huh. allowing me. Just oh, thank you. So thank you everyone for joining us today. Um, for more information about Learning From Children, please go to our website, learningfromchildren.com or you can catch us up on Facebook or Instagram. And um, until next time, enjoy the learning.